0: This is Christopher Schwartz at Popular Woodworking Magazine, and you're listening to Wood Talk Online. Hey, this is Chris Grundy from DIY Network's Cool Tools, and you're listening to Wood Talk Online. This is
1: Daryl Peart, and you're listening to Wood Talk Online.
0: Welcome to, uh, I don't think I even need to say the name of the show at this point, because three people just did that before me. Uh, (laughs) We're doing an episode for September 9th, 2009. I'm Mark Spagnolo. And I'm Matt
2: Vanderlist. and I think you're right. I think by now people might know that today, you know, they are listening to um, what was this show again? We, we talk, um, I, I, I forgot already,
0: but you know it's what? The it is Mark and a, Matt show, <laughs> Morgan Matt show, episode fifty-eight. I believe we're on now. Uh, okay, well, but who who are, who are you besides Matt? What's your last name, Matt?
2: It's uh, uh, uh oh, it's been so long. It's Matt Vandalis oh, from. You go. Uh, Matt's Basement Workshop, or something like that. Or, <laughs> wow, we, we you know, you're right. We have been away for far too long. Yeah. We're just going to totally wing this one. But before we go any further with our winging all over the place, we want to remind everybody that if you're going to hear something today, you want to leave a comment. Maybe you have a question about something you heard, or not heard, or want to hear about. Uh, you know what? You can get a hold of us a couple of different ways. Number one, you can drop us an email at woodtalkonline at gmail.com. Or you can pick up the phone and you can leave us a message on our voicemail at 623-242-2450. And as always, we'll have that information at the end of the show and, of course, in the show notes because we love hearing from all of you
0: mm-hmm. we do and you know what we haven't really gotten many voicemails we we generally don't get a whole lot of voicemails uh but usually
2: they, we get them from roberto <laughs> yeah Ro-
0: roberto hasn't called us in a while and uh we've got a few regulars but uh you know feel free to give us a call even if you have a little tip or something like that we'd like to play those at the end of the show don't be shy give us a call call now
2: that's right. That's why we put the phone line up there, because we need to hear from you. <laughs> we do. We, we do. We need to hear from you. So
0: the big question, Matt, what did you do over your summer break? This was a, a – we had a few months. This is the biggest break we've ever taken, I think.
2: Oh, tell me about it. Uh, uh, you know, it was so funny because I got to the point that when the the first show of my regular show, Mad Space Workshop, went back up. Look at that. I'm doing plugs for myself. And then – on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I pretty much almost forgot how to use the microphone. It was really kind of scary. I was almost like, you know, I like being on the back end of yeah. the uh, the camera from everything that we were doing at in Vegas and everything. But right. with the time off, the one thing I did for sure is I had some lingering projects that are a lingering project, I should say, that I really needed to finish up. And that's my, my wife's bookcase. And it is finally out in the garage and it's being finished right now as oh, we speak cool. Yeah, I put a coat of uh, shellac on it today because I really like the look of the amber shellac, and uh, I'm getting ready to put another top coat of uh, something far more protective once that kind of cures. Right. So right. That when we have our big party and our friends are spilling liquor all over the place, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to worry about it being eaten away. Right. Um, the The other big thing that we had going on uh, in, in in my shop, at least, is uh, of course. Woodworking in America conference. Didn't occur in my shop, but I ended
0: up... <laughs> that would be Not many attendants, I don't think. Uh, you, you wouldn't get many people in there.
2: Right. I probably would have had to turn the fan on. I think it would have gotten really, really important <laughs> there. Right. Uh, but it would have really need to have everybody over there for a while. Although the guys over and gals over at Popular Woodworking, they are party animals. I, they, I don't know how... They manage to function really day after day. Oh, they just absolutely. It looks like when they get up in the morning, they're just like, we need coffee. We need coffee. Really? Why is there so <laughs> much loud noise happening around us right now?
0: Like a bunch of college students.
2: Oh, they are. They're absolutely. And they hold no punches about it, man. they are I think like somewhere around the third cup of coffee, they're like making plans for. Hey, you remember that one place we went past last night that with the uh, all you can eat and then the all you can drink. We're going back there tonight. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> But uh, the, the conference was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, um, I, I could only make it for two days, which mm-hmm. was Saturday, Sunday. Uh, but the way that the, the whole schedule was worked out, you know, pretty much all the classes uh, repeated themselves and you could overlap them just the right way. So you could pretty much hit everything uh, just in those two days. Cool. And so that that was a lot of fun. And I got a lot of um, a lot of stuff out of the lectures. In fact, you ever had that point? I don't know if ha- this happened to you when you're in school, but like they just hit you with so much information, your brain feels like it's going to explode. Yes. Yeah, that's Frequently. the way. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was like. I'm like trying to take notes, and I just finally got to the point that I'm like, I can't do it. Well, that's I what I was going to
0: ask you. I mean, a lot of this stuff, when you go into some of the, the theory and you're getting a weekend blitz of information, how much of that do you think you really retained?
2: I'd say I retained equivalent of about two minutes from each class. <laughs> okay.
0: As but long as you know, took who, the most important two minutes, it's okay.
2: That's exactly it. Yeah. Well, that's I. I took that's. I, that's why I, I snuck in the, the the video recorder. Actually, they let me bring it in, yeah. and I, I, I recorded some what I thought were the key parts. And um, I only let you guys see about two minutes of it because that's all I can do because of intellectual property rights. Apparently. Okay. Um. But the person to hit up, and I'm wondering if he's in the room right now with us, is Shannon Rogers. That guy. I sat next to him in a couple of classes, and you know how there's always the one person in class that you're like. I am so stealing all those notes.
0: <laughs> or you're killed. sitting next to him on the day of the test.
2: <laughs> that was exactly it. At one point, I was like <laughs> sitting at him, and I'm looking at his notes, and I'm like, oh, those are the thoroughest notes and the most beautiful handwriting I've ever seen. You can actually read it.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: So, yeah, I think he should be putting out a book based on the notes from Woodworking in America.
0: Wow. Now, but, do they do any other method of capturing the event? Because I know when when we were talking about going out there, and I was supposed to go, um, it was pretty much indicated that we weren't really going to do what, what was done the previous year, which was kind of a, a free-for-all. Anybody could film any session as much and you know put it on YouTube as much content as they want. And this year it seems like they clamped down on that. So the question is, did they capture it in any way or is this all just trying to, to keep a lid on it so that people want to keep going to the event?
2: Um, I, it's, it's kind of keeping the lid on it right now. There was... Um there was a little bit of fuss made about a few of the uh, um, uh, bloggers that were there uh, that had caught a little bit more, like myself. Um, I was going you know, like to post like 10 minutes like I had done last year. Yeah. And then that's when they said, well, actually, according to you know, the intellectual property rights, you, you can only do two to three minutes to be within fair use. Of course, if you got permission from the lecturer ahead of time, you, know, it, you could do as much as you wanted to. Yeah. And what I saw from the majority of them uh, they were more than willing to, you know, like, yeah, absolutely, go for it, you know, d- do what you want to, kind of a thing. So uh, they they were very, you know really really gracious about that. In fact, um, you got to help me out here with the name. It was uh, Jim from uh, Green and Green. If Ip- uh Ip- Ip- Ip-
0: I always Ip- hear Ip- it. It's it's pronounced so quickly that it sounds just like they say Apachean. Yes, but I don't know exactly if that's the proper pronunciation. But there's a lot more letters in that name than you would think.
2: Exactly. Well, I'm going to go with that pronunciation because (laughs) that's way better than what I do. (laughs) But uh, I said something to him at the beginning of his his lecture. He was actually kind of like walking up there and then he was coming back to check something and I quickly slipped him this business card plus like a 20 and said, you know, hey, I'm I'm Matt and I'm going to be recording something so I don't want to freak you out if you see me in the front row with this microphone and the camera sticking at you. And he was like, you know what? Go for it. So I'm like, you know, I should have gotten them to sign something uh, to be on the safe side.
0: Yeah, yeah. Technically, I think we're supposed to do that, but it's uh, you know, it's yeah. it's harder. It's easier said than done when you're actually in the moment. You know. Yep.
2: But one thing I will say though is, even uh, the hardest part for me was trying to figure out what I wanted to record because I was so stunned. At a lot of the stuff that was coming at me yeah. that I would actually forget to turn on the uh, the recorder so it's like one of those <laughs> I always only look down and the red light's not on and I'm like oh yeah. man people would have loved this because Correct. I absolutely loved it <laughs> right yeah so but that was that's the, the biggest thing I think that happened to me this summer there was a few other things but you know we can always talk about those later on sure. what I want to know right now and you kind of alluded to this in the beginning before maybe if, this, if you're listening to this after it's been recorded, uh, you had a little chit chat about the shop going on there. What's mm. going on with you? You've been very, very busy this summer.
0: Yeah, it's been busy, but it's one of those busy things where you've got nothing to show for it, you know, because I've got the, the, the shop changeover. And for anyone who was curious, we, we aren't going forward with the actual new shop yet, the one that's going to be built on the property. Uh, because we still own the old house, which was an unexpected change of plans. So in the meantime, we are just kind of, uh, I'm just trying to make it work in in the garage that we have now that's attached to the house. And it's it's working rather well. The problem was I didn't have the proper electricity there. So I I was behind. I had a couple guild projects that I wanted to do. In fact, I'm going to throw some pictures up on uh, on the computer while I'm talking here. But the primary thing that I needed to do was get an electrician in there because we were at the the panel was absolutely packed, and I don't know if you could see the the stream, uh, but you'll see it in a second. There's the old electrical panel. it was absolutely packed top to bottom, every slot taken, and it just was cats. <laughs> yeah, it just was not allowing me to put in anything in the shop. So what we wound up doing was running a sub panel on the back side of that uh, panel. And it's just a very small sub panel that's going to allow me to run, you know, pretty much as many two hundred and twenty lines and extra one hundred and ten that I need. And that's pretty much what I did. So, nice. yeah. So that was a little bit of a expense. It was um, five hundred, I think, something like that, between four and five, if I remember correctly. And okay. basically, they put the box in, the breakers in, and then I went and installed the uh, the two two hundred and twenty outlets. And I, I did that because I had a project to do, and I was like, look. I'm going to run a longer run later with multiple outlets on it, but right now I need some power, so <laughs> yeah. I, I basically run just a little, you know, a little four-inch uh, extension and drop the outlet right under the box, and I'm just kind of running long cords and extension cords for short runs uh, of the tools just to get them going. So finally, right. like it was maybe two weeks ago now, finally, you know, the, the table saws fired up, the band saws fired up, drum sander's fired up. Um, and that's I was getting really antsy. It was really, really bugging me that I couldn't actually access my tools. So uh, I, I'm much more at ease now that I know if I need to do something, I can get in there and do it.
2: Yeah, I, I know. I know that that antsyness because it's like even if you don't have a project, you still you, you need to have it up and running. You need to have it <laughs> yeah. just in case something comes up. You know, a, you an emergency know. project.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and and I got a few tools in to use and to. Kind of hold me over in the interim because I didn't actually, if you remember in the beginning, I didn't think I was going to be able to even use this space as a shop. I expected to have like a one car garage space. I'd pull in some benchtop style tools and just make it work. And fortunately, I moved some things around. I started to, I got rid of some things. I believe it or not, I gave away my assembly table. Um, Really? Yeah. I mean, where would I put it? I just had absolutely no room. And I'm like, you know what? I assembled projects on the floor in the past. I'm just gonna do that again. So the assembly table I gave it to a friend and the outfeed table on a table saw I gave to a friend and now one of the multifunction tables, the Festool MFTs, I had to cut the legs but it's low enough now that it is actually the outfeed table and then serves. Of course it's a multifunction table so it does a lot of things. Um, but I don't have the big, the big honkin' thing that I built for the show so two things that I built on the show I just gave away
2: Wow, you're the kind of friend that everybody wants to have.
0: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm quite generous. Yes. Uh, yes. And and I do a, whenever to a fault. Totally. <laughs> to a fault. Yes. And when I give tools like actually have upgrades on tools or something, I do like to give my friends uh good discounts. So Paul <laughs> Paul has benefited from that and Greg and <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you share, you share the uh share the luck or or pay it forward or whatever you want to call it.
2: Yeah, no, that sounds right. That that, but you know, this again kind of opens opportunities for you to obviously at some point you you will probably need to build something else, some other accessory for the shop. So again, it yeah. gives you a, an opportunity to more content, obviously for the show, <laughs> yeah. which means more educational stuff for the for the viewers, and sure. Uh, it's sure fun for you. <laughs>
0: and I'll tell you what, you know what, if I've got a new shop, like a brand new dedicated shop space, and and the. I can think of a lot worse things than having to build some shop furniture. You know, that yeah, to me is true. a fun thing to do. So I, I really don't, uh, I'm not that attached to the old stuff. So, but uh, other than that, I've been really busy gluing chairs back together. I, I'm still doing some work for a local restaurant and, um, you know, that that's kind of not very fun, but it, it brings some money in and it gives me <laughs> something to do. So I've got uh, like six chairs and a coffee table, all outdoor furniture that I'm, in the middle of fixing, and they're going back tomorrow, and then I can clean the shop and, and see what I can do about that electricity.
2: Holy cats! And then you're hoping that maybe off chance the next Weight Watchers meeting will be at the same place, and they'll have a whole new group of people that are just a little too big for the chairs. <laughs> yeah. Chairs fall apart. They're back in the shop. Little extra. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know what, dude? Let me tell you. I look at these chairs, and I'm going like, what the what the hell? excuse my language, could have possibly caused this to happen. <laughs> you
2: know? Oh, that's just, easy. You saw my two kids, so you know exactly <laughs> what's going to happen, man. Those monkeys are all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it could
0: be kids, yeah. And you know what? And people leaning back on a chair is like the absolute worst possible torture test you can do. Um, and, and unfortunately, these did not pass that test. So uh, Obviously. Yeah, pretty crazy. So but th- that's pretty much it. Um, other than that, so, I've just been looking forward to getting everything back on schedule and starting the show. Nice, yeah. That's one thing that it's so funny because uh,
2: I I think I was a lot of people were asking like, you know, hey, how come there 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 hasn't been a wood talk online recently? You know, Mm -hmm. how come it took so long for both your shows to get back up and running? And I was joking around. I'm like, you know what? August was turning out to be one of the worst months of my life. (laughs) Just (laughs) everything was like the universe was like you know scheming against us to get up and do anything for our shows. It just seemed like everything was. Fighting us, you know, uh, tooth and nail. So, hey,
0: you know what? Yeah. Everybody's entitled to a little break once in a while. So
2: that's right. And we'll I think that I think the listeners got the better end of the deal, not having to put up with us for a little.
0: while. <laughs> maybe I didn't think about it that way, but maybe. So let's right. uh, let's look and see what we've got around the web. Um, I had a, a few things sent to me, and I'm just going to share it with you guys. A number of the things that we have in the show were shared by uh, by listeners and, and readers of the websites. Uh, Clark, in in particular, this one is is from Clark. He likes puzzle boxes and I don't know if you guys have ever seen some of these crazy awesome puzzle boxes. They just first of all look beautiful but then you start to look closer and you realize there's something else going on there and come to find out there's a system to moving things and twisting them and turning it like a Rubik's Cube in sort of a way um, to to open it up and reveal the secret. I don't know maybe there's a Hershey's Kiss or something inside but
2: um, in that case I'm ripping that baby open <laughs> In that case I'm just getting a
0: saw and I'm going to cut it uh, Yeah so these there's some really cool puzzle boxes And he gave me some great links To a couple YouTube videos That show you um, You can actually hear the clicking sounds As they're moving it from one thing to another Very Indiana Jones And, mm-hmm. uh, and also plans to build your own If you want to build one of these boxes So I'm going to put all those links in the show notes And you guys have got to go and check this stuff out It's really cool And uh, I'd like to thank Clark for sending that yeah. in
2: yeah, absolutely. I always wondered. You'll see those at like little craft shows, mm-hmm. or at like you know a magic shop, or something like that. And you're like, how the hell did they do that? Because it yeah. just looks too simple. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's so amazing. And then once you see, I mean, even if you get it open, you probably can't figure out how the heck it was built in the first place. So
2: yeah, it's like those Chinese um, uh, uh, handcuffs, you know, the finger uh-huh. cuffs. And yeah. then I freak out, and they're you know people got to cut them off me. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad a bad scene altogether.
2: It is. It's really ugly.
0: <laughs> so what, what is this about the Sawdust Chronicles?
2: Yeah, okay. Well, the Sawdust Chronicles, of course, uh, earlier this year they had done a uh, 30-day build challenge. And the, what, mm-hmm. the, the main be- thing behind this is they really want to get real, true, amateur, uh, novice woodworkers um, a, a little confidence to kind of come out and, and try building a, a project, You know, something really, really big for themselves. Get off their butt and, and build something. Exactly. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, super fantastic. You just have to build it because it's the best way to learn anything. And so what they did now is they've got a 60 day build challenge going on. And this time around, what they want to do is Rick and the guys have decided that the best thing we can do is rather than necessarily come up with something to build for yourself, why not build something that's going to be donated to like a charity, a nonprofit such as schools, church, hospital, etc. And yeah, you would use it either directly give it to them like, you know, hey, look, I built this for you and give it to them or uh, You can auction it off, say, perhaps, you know, I, I know my, my kid's school does an, uh, an auction every year where they ask people to donate stuff they hope in your professional and give them something that people would really want to buy. Sure. But you, auction it off for you know, whatever to help uh, get the the group some uh, um, money going on or whatever it is that they're trying to, to, uh, to, to buy. And then, you know, so that you could do something like that. Some ideas that they were throwing out there are like, you know. Uh, Of course, like for churches, it could be anything from like, you know, um, pews, etc. Some people are talking about like communities uh, for wildlife need stuff like bat houses, uh, beehives, uh, bird colonies, anything like that. If you can find something in your area that perhaps is kind of lacking and could use a little help, it would be a great opportunity. And the cool thing about it is you actually have a chance to win some really sweet prizes. I know like general finishes, Craig. Um, all these people that I've been trying to get, but apparently they're donating everything to um, uh, the Sawdust Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're
0: they're actually putting all their budget toward that, so none for Matt. Sorry.
2: Ex- ex- yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> it. I'm like, oh, really? You guys are all filled up this year? For who you go? Who's what? Who? No. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so to find out more information about it, uh, stop by the SawdustChronicles.com, and you can find all the information at the 60 Day Challenge um, Fall 2009 uh, Build. You'll find all the rules there and all the information for the list of that they have available Um, so definitely check that out it sounded pretty neat
0: and you know if I can give any advice at all with this um, it would be to make sure you work out your charity arrangement ahead of time um, this is one of those things where you can imagine people putting all this effort into something, and they've got this idea in mind. And then once it comes time to actually execute, they find out that either this they can't accept it or they don't want it. You know, so it, there's yeah. nothing worse than, than doing all this in the name of a charity and not having that charity involved from the beginning, so that you know exactly what you're doing, exactly where it's going, and how it's going to be used. That that would be helpful. So there's no wasted effort here.
2: Right definitely because like you know um, if you are maybe donating to a organization that helps children over get, overcome their um, addiction to video games the worst thing you could do is build an entertainment center that holds every type of video game. So they don't think they're going to want that.
0: It comes complete with all three popular game systems. That's um, right and enough
2: controllers for the whole neighborhood. Right.
0: Okay so you, you just added this recently. What, what is the, this favorite blog? What's your new favorite blog?
2: Yeah, uh, are you familiar at all with Holti hand planes? Uh, the no. Carl Holti he builds like what some people consider to be like the Maserati of the hand plane world. Okay. And if you've ever seen any of these, they actually cost as much as a Maserati.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right.
2: Uh, but it, it's it's just the the whole process of what he does with these things is just really really neat. Um, at the Woodworking America in Berea last year, uh, they actually had some of the Holti hand planes and had a chance to like pick one up. And it's like it just looks like a hand plane. And then once you use it, you're like, oh my god, how am I sneaking this out of here? You know, kind of like,
0: <laughs> that nice, anyway.
2: Oh, they're gorgeous. I mean, just absolutely amazing with what he does with these things. Well, Carl actually has set up a blog where you can follow along, and he just basically opens up his shop, and just absolutely, you know, you can watch from the very beginning to the end. I made Sam the other day. My wife watched one with me while I was looking at the, at the pictures, because it's all just regular blog with pictures, Yeah, and it was one where he was creating a uh, a cap iron, a solid brass cap iron. Oh,
0: I'm looking at that right now. Oh, yeah, my it, goodness. It, it, it,
2: yeah, it's insane. <laughs> you you watch that and you're like, that looks like a piece of crap brass, and the next thing you know you're like, "Oh my god, look, honey, you could wear this around your neck. Look how beautiful that, that is."
0: That is just gorgeous. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so that's one of my new my new addictions. That's one of those when I don't want to work, I grab the iPhone and I pretend like I'm going to the bathroom, and wow. that's where I sit in there.
0: Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, I just I'm going to stop saying wow. You guys got to go to this. Uh it's it's slash blog Definitely worth looking at there's some impressive stuff going on there
2: yeah it's amazing it really it's hard to believe that somebody can do something that beautiful out of out of metal sometimes i I have a hard time imagining that
0: yeah well you know what the good thing is it doesn't uh you know it kind of stays where you put it and you can (laughs) sculpt it and it's not really going to change that much like like wood but uh you know there's certainly some incredible works of art in wood, so I should probably shouldn't uh, say that. But
2: I know what's amazing to me is like if you notice like where the the sides come into the 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 sole of the plane, mm-hmm. they're uh, they're dovetailed in there, they're keywayed in there, and yeah. you see like how ugly it looks. And then by the time he gets done, you're like,
0: how the hell is this thing attached? Because this is like one solid piece. I yeah, mean, yeah, it just all becomes one uh, one solid body. It looks like.
2: Yeah, it's it's amazing. Just wow, definitely check it out when you get a chance, guys. Definitely
0: have some major respect for that work. Um, you know, I thought it would be fun just to get some tips from everybody today, so I went on Twitter and said, "Hey, give me some tips." And that's also connected to Facebook, so I got a few tips from everybody that I thought might be kind of fun to read. Um, All right, you know, most most people said, "Don't cut off your fingers." Okay,
2: I can see that. That's that's a huge one. <laughs> that that is very very helpful.
0: Right, so I'm going to just uh, blast through these so everybody can hear their their tips uh, read aloud on the show. Uh, Tree Frog, everybody knows Tree Frog, or at least a lot of people know Tree Frog. He says that uh, dull tools are dangerous tools. Ain't that the truth?
2: Yeah, and dull people sometimes are dangerous tools also.
0: Uh, Yeah, they could be. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, we just talked about uh, the the, uh, Sawdust Chronicles, and that's basically run by Rick, and he also is known as Splintered Board on Twitter. He says, don't route end grain and slice open your hand.
2: Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that
0: <laughs> That's one. a good yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, Shannon from Renaissance Woodworker says, leave your checkbook at home when going to the marketplace at Woodworking in America.
2: That one is so, you know, I've got a great story from the, the marketplace that I'm, I'm going to interject here. It was so funny because like on Saturday I saw a whole bunch of people, you know, hey, how's it going? Oh, you're, you're Matt. And I'm like, oh, sorry about that. And I said, hey, have you had a chance to check out, you know, the Lee Valley booth or the the Lee Nielsen booth or which booth have you checked out? And they're like, Oh, I told my wife I wasn't going to buy anything and there's some stuff over there that's really neat but you know, I've I've got willpower and I'm like, "Sure you do." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and then by Sunday, at least half of those guys that I ran into were walking around with bags from those respective booths. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, looks like the willpower gave out a little bit." Yeah, um a little, yeah, it um uh, they averaged at least, I'm not kidding either. Yeah, I'm not exaggerating one bit. per person was spent at these various booths and most of them were like well they had free shipping so how can
0: you pass that up man that that type of event breaks you down like any sort of reason and common sense that you had when you walk in it just it's like acid it just slowly starts to eat away at that until you're left with nothing and you you realize that by the end of that uh, your, your trip there that you absolutely must buy this otherwise you can't woodwork anymore (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know it's amazing because, like, a couple of the guys, I walked past their booths and I made sure that I got myself in really friendly with the the vendors just in case maybe they wanted to, like, help lighten their load when they were traveling back, which – none of them did <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like one of those hey what happened to that really cool you know like in the case of like uh dave jesky from uh blue spruce tools but what happened to that one cool fish uh chisel you had over there with a really cool handle on it mm-hmm. oh that got snatched up seriously i thought you were gonna keep that around i was trying to but they pestered me so much that, you know they just finally would give in on stuff and and walk away from it, it was insane and <laughs> just yeah this like i said five hundred dollars wow. per person minimum
0: wow amazing all right, well, we've got a couple more here. CHW Mag, which I believe is Canadian Home Woodworker or Woodworking Magazine, uh, they say that the ratio of measuring to cutting should be two to one. This tip is a paraphrase. Someone else said it better. I guess measure, <laughs> measure twice, cut once might be, <laughs> might be what they're saying. Hey, that sounds about right to me. <laughs> uh, Wood Shepherd, he's a good guy. Uh, keep your fingers away from things that spin, have teeth, and make lots of noise. So I will be avoiding dancers, uh, small children and uh, annoying. I'm not going to say anything. I, I have this tendency to say what I would normally say off the air, and I'm yeah, going to stop doing that. Yeah, go ahead,
2: uh, podcasters. Annoying podcasters that you have to do shows with. Annoying I understand
0: podcasters. It. Annoying uh, guests and annoying uh, co-hosts. How about that?
2: Yeah, yeah. There you go. You know uh, what happens in Vegas. is Supposed to stay in Vegas. So thanks for bringing that out. So <laughs> right. uh,
0: practically boring. Great. That's a great name. He says use foam <laughs> brushes let them dry, and then tear the foam off, and you're left with a flat piece of plastic on a stick, which makes a good glue spreader. Nice. That, that actually, that would have worked
2: really great with a project I was just doing because that's what ended up happening right in the middle of the finishing product. <laughs> oh, okay. all right. <laughs> yeah, the, the kind of, I think I was using that one. The, mm-hmm. the really cheap side of me kind of really kicked in, and I was reusing the foam brush way past when it should have been used, and it finally gave way right in the middle of the... Did
0: you use uh, the foam brush with the shellac? Uh, no. Okay. No,
2: I, right. <laughs> I learned my lesson on that one because of a previous project that that happened Yeah, on. I've
0: done that too, and that doesn't work very well. No, and then you're like, what's this little foamy thing? Is that My project yeah. has an afro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets really, really nasty. Uh, and then Joshua Joshua Sargent says, since I began working, my dad's relentlessly tells me that the number one tip is to end up with as many fingers as I start with. So.
2: I like that one, too. I, I always, regardless of what I'm doing, even if it's opening pickle jars, try to <laughs> end up with as many so they can get pretty vicious. Fingers and thumbs don't be dumb, right? Yeah, that's right. I've heard that before. I don't where I've heard that. Yeah,
0: somebody, somebody coined that phrase. I don't know who. Uh, John Bratton, Bratton, this is from Facebook now. He says, blue masking tape is your friend. Boy, do I know that. Uh, and start your Christmas gift building now or pretty soon anyway.
2: That's that sounds pretty good. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of masking tape, I saw somebody recommended and this had way before you even mentioned this stuff, um, a, a uh, audience member had said that they were having trouble getting the adhesive back off of a uh, uh, sander discs because they're using a an adhesive one versus a hook and loop disc oh, okay. for their sander. Uh-huh. And he was saying that the best thing he does is just take the blue tape, roll it over and then hit the back of the adhesive with it. And it pulls the, the foil right or the, the seal off for him.
0: Oh, OK. That's and actually like, that's smart. Yeah, I'm like that's pretty sweet because it gives you a little a little flap to pull on. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to use that whenever I get a sticker from a gumball machine
2: too. There you go. Well, another <laughs> thing that blue tape is perfect for.
0: Okay, oh, I, I thought you I thought you were saying that there was something else that it was perfect for. Not okay. Not finishing oh. <laughs> that. I was waiting <laughs> oh, for. I'm like, what what else? <laughs> and then. Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah, that's just an awkward silence. Uh, You know, now, this is kind of, we're going to move into some news stories and things that we've uh, heard here. First of all, before I go into the sad thing, um, any NFL fans in the chat room? Because you know what tomorrow is, if you are. I don't need to tell you. I'm very excited, and that's about all we're going to say about sports on this show.
2: I I thought you were going to talk about the new lingerie league that's making its way around. (laughs)
0: No. <laughs> no, but we can talk about that later.
2: Okay. Um,
0: okay, so a little bit of sad news. Now, I haven't had any absolute confirmation on this, so let's qualify this as a um, a definite rumor. And, you know, we just had the passing of Sam Maloof, and it's unfortunate to hear that James Krenoff, uh, from, again, rumor, uh, is is from what I hear, passed away, I think, either on Sunday or something like that, or he went into the hospital on sunday and the family made a decision not to to resuscitate so i don't know what the current status is and like i said I, I did hear that it was a rumor but um you know he's he's lived a very long life i believe he is 90 or something like that
2: yeah he's he's definitely up there
0: yeah um i, there, I have some i have a few things here that i want to read to you guys he was 87 in 2006 so he's probably around 90 years old so if you're not familiar with uh, james krenoff he is a pretty amazing woodworker. He has written a number of books that are pretty influential to a lot of woodworkers that that we all talk about and we we associate with. And if you've w- the one that I think made the biggest impression on me was the impractical cabinet maker. And it, it's a, some of the stuff gets a little thick and gets a little bit into like you know listening to the wood. I guess kind of hippie ish listening to What the Wood Wants and things like that, but it's a very interesting read. It's certainly well worth uh, picking up a copy and checking it out, but I I went to his site at jameskrenoff.com and I figured for those of you who aren't familiar with him, I would read a little bit about what they say about him, Um, but definitely go to the site and check it out for yourself. Uh, He's the author of four uh, crucial books for any serious woodworker. Krenoff teaches a philosophy that has become a prerequisite for advanced cabinetry throughout the world. A recognized furniture maker in Sweden... What is with those Swedish guys? They just know how to woodwork. I know what it has
2: got to be like the Long Winters or something. I mean, it's yeah, just, know. it's insane.
0: They got it in their blood. He moved to Northern California in 1981 where he created and led the College of the Redwoods Fine Woodworking School. It's one of the best out there. Uh, in his 20 years with the school, he taught hundreds of eager students from around the world while, conti- while excuse me, continuing to build his own fine furniture. He retired from the college in 2002, but is still actively creating cabinets in his home wood shop. James Krenoff is represented with works at museums in Sweden, Norway, Japan, and the U.S. Now, the, the coolest thing about this guy, and I remember there was an episode of Woodworks where David uh, went to interview him, is, I mean he just has that sort of old cobbler's bench kind of woodworker guy thing about him and you just see him shuffling out to a shop every morning, you know, just because this is what he loves to do. This was never a job you know right. for him it does at least looking at uh, what i've seen and what i've read it didn't seem like this was a job to the man this was a passion and a love and when i made the the switch from biotech into woodworking that was one of the things that influenced me the most is seeing how many people in the later stages of life and who have who have been dealing with woodworking and all the crap that we deal with as woodworkers and disappointment and projects that go wrong and things like that despite all that and having to deal with money and woodworking, they're still going out there because there's just this pure sort of love for the craft. And to me right. that was one of the most inspiring things that I've ever seen and made me realize that that's what I want to do with my life because I didn't even have you know point 0.1% of that love for what I did in science. So why would I continue to waste my time going in that direction, you know?
2: Right, absolutely.
0: So anyway, James Krenoff, you've got to check it out. Go on the site and look at the current projects or something. It, it hasn't been updated in a long time, but it's kind of interesting, uh, especially now that he just passed away. That they have a project that says it's titled "The Last Unfinished Cabinet," and it was titled or, or actually written July two thousand six. And someone did finish this cabinet for him, David uh, David Fink, and there's a link to his website as well. And it just explains that because of his declining health and his uh, his, I guess his vision was going, he wasn't able to complete these projects, but the man is still out there going by feel and by instinct. And he's making one of the other things he's very well known for, aside from his cabinets, are his planes, the Krenov right. style planes. And he was still making these planes at the point where his vision was failing. I mean, it's just amazing dedication, one of the coolest stories. And I, I think it'll be very interesting when the magazines start to really put some information, just like they did with Maloof, and we could find out more about about these people, and maybe even pull out some old articles, you know, that have been written in the past, so we can learn more about them.
2: Right. Absolutely. You know, it's. I'm trying to think if it was 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 it Chris Schwartz or somebody. I remember reading in a blog post talking about how, as you were saying, he was really like one of those. You know, let the let the wood define what it's gonna do. Read the grain, you know, yeah. this kind of a thing. And that was one of those, like, you know, a lot of times when we go to build a project, and I know this is really true for myself because one of the things I have going on right now is I just got a load of lumber in and I've got this this lumber just sitting there and I'm gonna be like, Okay, no, I need this component, so I need this board because it's the right dimension, or you know, right. this this would work the right length and stuff like that. And he was really one of those guys that it's like just walked out to the wood pile and just kind of looked at the wood and is like, okay, you're telling me that you want to be this type of furniture and and this grain pattern and color here, you want to be this. And that's one of those, you know how we talked before about how both of us kind of like working with stuff that maybe other people were like, you know, Oh, that color just doesn't look right. You know, there's a streak in the middle of it. And I I know myself, I'm like, dude, I love mixing sapwood with heartwood and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And that's one of the things that I I think I kind of got from that, from reading that little, that little blog post was really, that's kind of the way he was. It was like, really don't try and force the wood to do what it, you know, what you want it to do. Really just work with what you have and the beauty of it's going to come out. And, for sure, as you mentioned, the, his his hand planes, I mean, that was one of the, the first hand plane books that I was looking at when I was interested in, in trying to build my own, which I still am, and I'm still mm-hmm. flipping through all of these. But everywhere I turn, it's a Kronoff style plane. Yeah, A class is out there. It's a Kronoff style class, you know, and was it Ron Hawk, actually, of Hawk Tools? Um, when I, I met with him in uh, uh, Bria last year uh, – I'm going to drop more names real quickly here in a <laughs> second. Just name <laughs> drop. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. anyway, so when I, I had met with him, and that was one of the things that he talked about was you know, I think he sells a, a, a Kronoff-style uh, hand plane kit where, of course, okay. you can get one of his blades. But I think he's got like the, the blocks and everything and the plans and it was really funny because him and I were just kind of chit chatting and you could tell he was like probably really bored at the moment and he was going on about, Hey, if you you know, if you ever get a chance to, you should just call up, you know, uh, Krenov and I'm like, Whatever <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hey oh, James.
2: can I call you Jim? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He said, he goes, he was telling me something about like, he actually still has his numbers listed in like the yellow pages. And he says, all you have to do is just call. Usually his wife will answer the phone. And if you're really, really polite, and you explain who you are, and you know what you're interested in, you know, he probably would be more than willing to talk to you because he said that's how he started talking with them. And I'm like, no, he wouldn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're insane. <laughs> See, that's the great thing about this. I even wrote an article about uh, this a long time ago on the blog about having accessible heroes. You know, mm-hmm. I could care less about uh, you know Brad Pitt or or some famous actor. I don't. Uh, I'm glad that I really don't care about that level of fame. To me, the people who I idolize the most and who I'm fascinated by, those people are accessible. We we can talk to them. You can call them. You can go to their school. You can meet them at a conference. I mean, these are people you can you can stalk if you want to. Um, exactly. <laughs> and have restraining orders put in place, but you know, violate them anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I mean, just think about what I did. I I was at a point in my life where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my career. Nicole says hey, you like that guy on Woodworks? Why don't you give him a call and see if you can go work with him for a while? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, how would I even do that? You know, two months later, I'm actually up at his shop. I mean, and and this is the kind of community that we're in. I think it's fantastic. It's just, uh, it's great. It's being being able to meet the people you idolize is so inspirational and helping you. Boy, this is such a positive show today, isn't it? This is, I'm feeling the love, people. I'm feeling it. How about you in the the chat
2: room? Oh, wait, I didn't want to look at that comment. (laughs) Yeah, let's
0: not look there. (laughs) They're probably all, actually, there's probably no one left in the chat room. So, Uh, But we we should probably move on. But anyway, Krenov, amazing woodworker, amazing person. Definitely check out his stuff and we'll give you some links. And also, I'm going to give you a link to a blog post by Robert Lang on the popular woodworking website, where he took a tour of the College of the Redwoods. So there's a lot of uh, important uh, things that you might want to know about the school. Maybe you're interested in attending. I'm putting up some pictures into the feed right now. And you guys can uh, check that out on the Pop Woodworking site.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Check it out, definitely. Sweet, okay. Moving on next. Hey, uh, Woodworking in America, we've mentioned it a couple of times. Uh, The next session is coming up uh, in October. October 2nd through the 4th, I do believe it is. Right, yep and that is going to be in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Um, of course, there's been a ton of out there. How many people in the chat room right now have gotten the uh, Chris Schwartz Robocall? Um, I'm not sure if how many of you. My daughter got it, and she thought Darth Vader was calling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that too, and I, I actually listened. Normally, of course, I would normally hang up on, on something like that, but I was like, this is really funny, and I actually sat there and just listened to it. I got a kick out of it.
2: Right. Absolutely. Well, in in case you've been living under a rock, uh, uh, Woodworking America, Pennsylvania, uh, Valley Forge, Pennsylvania is coming up. And this is the hand tool version. This is uh, like what happened last year in Mm -hmm. Berea. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure there's still uh, open registration if you want to get it for the uh, full time. Otherwise, I know they're offering single day sessions and they're probably also, I do believe, offering uh, single class sessions. So if there's like one particular class that you want to go to, um, but you don't want to attend the rest of the lectures, that's perfectly fine. You can sign up for it. But most importantly, the marketplace is wide open and mm-hmm. it's free. So if you have a ton of money that you want to spend um, because you want to be in trouble with your spouse,
0: head on over there. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I'm going to do my best impression of the, let's call it the Robo Schwartz phone call. Ready? Okay, let's do it. This is Christopher Schwartz at Pop. And I'm calling because we have a great conference coming up. And that was not nearly as funny as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it'll be funny in the edit I'll make it funny but yeah okay. it, it was kind of funny getting a call an automatic call from Chris yeah it,
2: yeah, you wouldn't expect something like that I was expecting it to be like uh, your <laughs> subscription is up and we will not be renewing it
0: <laughs> yeah that's what I thought but yeah if you guys got a chance definitely go I'm, I'm really sad this is what like the one two third conference now and I'm, I'm still not going to be able to make this one just for financial reasons but I will make it someday
2: one of the well, you, well, let's work it out so that you're a lecturer. Uh, yeah,
0: I don't I'll, know. I'll
2: be your staff member. That's I'll a, be like, <laughs> sit
0: down over there, Shannon Rogers. <laughs> you, Shannon Rogers, put your pencil down. Gary um, Holtman, knock it off back there. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's not a crowd I would do well in front of. I don't think. <laughs> uh, you know, hardcore Fest. hand tool guys. I'll be like, look, what you need to do, guys. You can throw that hand tool down and plug your friggin' tools in like a normal yeah. person. Yeah.
2: This hand plane's broken because the the cord's been ripped off the back, apparently.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, I've got an email. You know, I'm skipping ahead. We have a couple sweet deals. We didn't do as good as we normally do in prepping uh, for things like the stuff that's on sale, but we have a couple things to bring your attention to. Uh, First and foremost, we have a pretty cool giveaway. Speaking of the Schwarz, his new book, on hand planes uh, what is it hand plane essentials is the name Yep, that's the one yep and we have an autographed copy of that being given away and we also have a set of eagle america bits you know those edge trimming bits that uh, create sort of the notch in the end of a sheet good and the other side creates it's like a sort of a male female so it's a two-bit set for edge banding and it gives yeah. you a really really strong substantial edge banding in ply so that set is also part of the giveaway, and uh, you know what? We came up with this really great name for it. We we call it Router Bit of the Month, and whenever <laughs> I talk about it, I go, I try to get people real excited, and I go Router Bit of the Month like that, <laughs> and uh, and I'm thinking people are gonna dig it. Uh, you know, I, I,
2: I think you, there, there's something there. I mean, I don't know why, but that just totally resonates. And you're, you've, you've hit gold, my friend. You uh, have hit gold. I think I have. I
0: think I have. But uh, yeah, in case anyone doesn't know, uh, Matt has been doing the router bit of the month for as long as I can remember. So um, make sure if you're interested in router bits and you want them for free, you should go over to Matt's site and, and at least sign up for that because I am stealing his idea.
2: And there is no problem with that because I stole your idea when I was at Woodworking America and everybody's like, You're amazing. Look how technologically advanced you are.
0: I'm like, I know, and it's I going know. directly to YouTube. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> I thought of
2: that. <laughs> you know what?
0: Um what 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 is the good of an idea if, if you can't steal it? So
2: That's right. Absolutely. Wait, <laughs> well you know, speaking of uh the Schwartz's book, of course, uh um if you want to order it, uh, I know a place where you can get it really cheap right now, and you can go to Lee Valley. They've got a special going on right now, $26 off of the regular thirty four fifty dollars uh, price. I believe that's till November something, so if you want to get a copy of it, um, you, can, you can go over there. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, uh, if you order, I think, directly from Chris, uh, you get his autograph at yes. it. Which you can use to forge checks.
0: <laughs> right. Just open a bank. Wow, we're go- we shouldn't even get any ideas. Never yeah,
2: mind. we better edit that out.
0: <laughs> I don't think I don't think Chris will like that. They do listen to this show, by the way. In case oh, in case we no. weren't aware of that.
2: Great, that uh, somehow violates my probation again.
0: <laughs> right. Okay, so we do have an email that I'd like to read as well. Um, you know, thanks thanks to everybody for doing the show for us and giving us content. This is very convenient. Uh this one is from someone named uh, uh what is his name? John Fleming. And great. I saw Mark with a K and I kind of thought that might be who wrote the email but that's just him misspelling my name. <laughs> okay, he says uh blah, blah blah blah. You've been a great resource for woodworking as well as in- okay, he's comp- being very complimentary. Thank you. Uh anyway, I wanted to let you know that he okay, I should have rewritten this so it would be make more sense. I'm reading as if I'm John. I wanted to let you know that I'll be attending Palomar College Woodworking School this fall. It's in Southern California if anyone isn't familiar and it is actually one of the the coolest woodworking schools around. You should definitely check it out if you're in the area. He's enrolled in the CFT 100 Fundamentals of Woodworking and a follow-up 105 course in the spring of 2010. You have been a big proponent of education and always learning new and better ways to do things. You even went to school yourself and learned from a master, um, which he's referring to David Marks. Did I just name drop? Oh, sorry.
2: Yeah, go ahead. You got a couple more to catch up with me.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm trying to catch up. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for all of your efforts and congratulations on all the things you've accomplished. Um, well, here's the point of what I I should have edited that. I feel like a turd. Oh, no, keep going, brother. I'll be you're working. He <laughs> says I'll be doing a blog of my 100 course at the school and it's listed below. I'm going to put the address there for you guys later. I'm very fortunate to be able to attend such a good school and learn things the correct way. I want to do this because others who want to attend may not be able to because of time, money, and location. Please pass this link on to anyone who would be interested in following my course and learning with me. I'll be posting my class notes and pictures and videos each week. By the way, Palomar College will enroll 180 students in a CFT 100 class. I guess that says woodworking is making a big comeback. It's also the fastest growing division of the college. Uh, the website, I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's going to woodworkingschool.blogspot.com. I've already gone there. Awesome. You guys are going to love this. He really is documenting like everything. and In fact, I'm kind of not sure how he's going to get away with that. <laughs> because it's almost like you're kind of going through the course with him. So really awesome. Keep an eye on it until they shut him down. <laughs> but John, great job over there, man. And I think a lot of people are going to be interested in seeing, you know, even if you have access to one of these classes, you go, "What? what is that experience going to be like? What am I going to actually learn while I'm there? This is a great way for people to see it without putting any money out ahead of time and deciding is it worth the money to enroll in something like this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would love to have something similar to this, even even minutely close to apparently what he's going to be going through around mm-hmm. here. I think the closest thing I have to like a woodworking class in my region is how to build a pallet, and that's about it. <laughs> well, there you go. Apparently, very apparently handy. associates degree in it.
0: <laughs> very nice. Yeah. So, um, John, thanks a lot for that. I appreciate it. And guys, check that out. And you know what? This is kind of nearing the end of the show, and I do have a voicemail here. Oh, sweet. Yeah, Why this it? is kind of a lengthy voicemail from Jeff, but it's more of a comment and a suggestion as well as a, some somewhat of a tip for everybody concerning bandsaw blades.
1: Hey, guys. This is Jeff out in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. I ran into Matt at the Woodworking in America uh, deal here in St. Charles weekend before last. He said I should go ahead and call in with this kind of a funny story. Uh, something really just to watch out for. Mark, one of your uh, Wood Whisperer episode 13 uh, shows was uh, setting up the bandsaw, which came complete with slow motion and sound effects. Very awesome, thank you. But uh, in that, what I enjoyed out of that most was uh, how to fold the bandsaw blade, and that was something I wanted to, to pick up on. So I did that. Works great, thank you. But I ran into a little problem After uh, resawing some wood with my uh, large half-inch blade, I needed to put the quarter-inch blade back on. So uh, I unfolded it, put it back on, and I was making a cut. And I noticed it wasn't cutting very well at all, very slowly, hard to push the wood through. Then the smoke started. Bandsaw turned into an expensive smoke generator and filled the garage kind of badly. So I didn't know what was going on, but I finished the cut. I was almost done with it and uh... shut it down and looking at it and i thought maybe because it was the original blade maybe the thing is just getting worn out but then i noticed the teeth are pointed the wrong way they were pointing up away from the table instead of down towards the table then i realized what had happened during the folding and unfolding of the bandsaw blade it had gotten twisted inside out so warning if you fold your blade be careful to check the teeth direction And don't put your saw blade on inside out, or it doesn't work very well. That's all I had, Uh, Matt. I hope your car dried out, buddy, from that little rain blast that we got. Enjoy the shows, guys. Keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: So Jeff learned a painful lesson, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Did you Did you hear that at all, Matt?
1: Yeah, I did. In fact,
2: actually, it was funny because I, I remember, uh, I think Jeff had uh, e- either sent an email into WoodTalk Online or he'd sent one to me with that story. And I'm like, you've got to call in because that, that's, <laughs> that sounds like something I would do.
0: Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> well, not funny, but terrible. And uh, yeah, before warned, if you're folding your, your bandsaw blades, you may very well fold it inside out, which could be bad.
2: Right. Absolutely. Look. And of course, uh, short of reversing the motor, um, I, don't see, I can't see any other way of You know, uh, correcting that.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, you know what we're going to do here? Now, Tom didn't, unfortunately, I didn't give him much notice. I actually emailed him uh, this afternoon and said, hey, by the way, where's that Tom's tip? And Tom's tip has just become such a favorite of of the chat room and the the fans of the show. I'm going to do a rerun of Tom's tip number 17.
2: I am thinking for Tom's sake, you better do it because I see a lot of people in here that looks like they're getting ready to figure out how to get over to where Tom is right now yeah, and, and go after him.
0: Yeah, they're getting angry. And uh you know what? Let's make up a tip afterwards or something. Um I'll even I'll even cut it off after the music stops because it seems like we you know we don't need the same tips over and over. So here. Hello everyone. It's Tom Iavino from Tom's Workbench. And it's Aw oh, poo. You know what that is? That is the raw. <laughs> I just clicked on the raw one without the music. And the only re- reason people want it is for the music. Right. Um yeah, you know what? I'll have to do that after the recording cuz if okay, I do it you, now, it'll open up another garage band, it'll you know, it might screw up what I'm doing here. So You don't want to go a
2: cappella here for everybody, just you know, get your get your recorders ready, everybody's going to do it.
0: No, nah, you know what I do have though, I have nothing but knitting. Oh, nothing but needle. Oh, this oh. is Gerald. I'm your
2: knitting friend and compadre and needlecraft.
0: Okay, we won't have to do that. But anyway, we'll, you know what? We'll make it up. up. We'll make it up next time, Tom. I think I think you've gotten your uh, beating in the chat room, and I think he'll he'll be sure <laughs> not to make that same mistake again.
2: Right. Absolutely. Holy yeah. cats. We
0: always we always appreciate uh, Tom's tips, of course.
2: Yeah, Tom, I'm thinking maybe you should just like put some uh, kind of uh, tuck them away and pull them out as last minute ones and just be on the safe side.
0: <laughs> right. Um, you know, and we've got a, a couple minutes here before we, we finish up. If there are any questions or anything, we, can, we haven't done that in a while. Take a live question from the chat room. Uh, yeah, that do doesn't it. involve either Matt or my uh, personal life or um, mm-hmm. choices or uh, decisions about things that we do in private. I'd be more than happy to answer them. Sorry. Well,
2: that pretty much eliminates everything that came in. All right. <laughs> okay, uh, never mind.
0: <laughs> Goodbye. What's this one?
2: Why do you guys not talk about or like Wood Magazine?
0: That's a weird question. What makes you think that we don't
2: like Wood Magazine? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, and when we did the magazine rundowns before, that was one of them that I, I'm pretty sure I might have mentioned something about it. And
0: weren't they the ones that ran all of the uh, shop? Uh, whatever, what it, like a, they had a whole bunch of stuff dedicated to shop setup in the yeah. last episode. I could have sworn that we we covered that. Um, we don't really have anything at all against them. You may hear a strong favoritism for popular woodworking and I don't know if we can really help that. Part of the reason is we're very friendly with them and they're very um, helpful in getting us content. They, quote unquote, I'm going to say sponsor the show. There's no real financial relationship there. It's more of a partnership where they provide us with content and, uh, you know, things that I'm really going to start to take advantage of more now that we're back from the break and things are settling down. So having access to certain people to bring them on the show is something that will be advantageous to us. And uh, like I said, they're really just some of the most friendliest people that we've been in contact with. So that's why you'll see a strong favoritism uh, for popular woodworking. But we talk about fine woodworking, Woodworkers Journal, Wood Magazine. I just mentioned Canadian home woodworker mm-hmm. <laughs> They yeah. made a, a Twitter comment yeah. although I what, I'm not a subscriber unfortunately yeah.
2: there's the shop notes uh woodsmith uh, we of course you know what that we do have to mention about wood magazine is that somebody who didn't get his tip in tonight uh, is seems to be writing for them now something I heard a little
0: something about that um, so. yes he has his wood what is it called the wood monkey I think is the name of the, <laughs> the yeah. article.
2: Yeah, something like that or Wood Knucklehead or something. <laughs> Wood,
0: Wood Knucklehead. That, actually, that's a better name. I like that. Uh, and you know what? We don't really pay much attention to Knitting USA and I uh, I will say that we just don't like them. They're jerks. Yeah,
2: yeah ever since they uh, pulled their sudden sponsorship, forget about it.
0: I <laughs> exactly. Nope, no they didn't appreciate our nothing but knitting joke. Yeah. Um, there was another question here. Let me. The chat room is really scrolling by quickly. Let me open up a bigger window. Okay. See if I can actually get a good question here.
2: Let's see.
0: Maybe you can catch it oh. before I do. Canadian Home Workshop is the name of the magazine to be corrected. Thank you.
2: Oh, here's one. That's, uh, do you have a suggestion for attaching a wood edge to melamine-covered particle board?
0: Okay, mm. next
2: question. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> next. Next. Uh, you know what? A lot of times they're going to use things like uh, rubber cement to Do that. I know uh, I, I haven't done much work with melamine. It's not certainly not my favorite material to work with, but anytime I've worked with uh, plastic laminates, and I did a few projects with a, a buddy of mine doing some bigger uh, commercial projects with that material, he always used uh, rubber, cement, or uh, pre glued, you know, where the back already has glue material and it's heat activated uh, edge treatments. So that you know, not my favorite stuff to work with. Maybe the chat room has some better suggestions, but that's that's what I always had to use. In fact, I don't. I don't like rubber cement for anything. If I could avoid it,
2: yeah, no kidding. It, yeah, no, I don't like the smell. That's why if it stinks, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Wait, word. It, yeah, that probably gets me away from myself too.
0: A guy who just bought his first bandsaw. How do you tell if it's inside out? The blade. Look at the um, the teeth when it's set up. If the teeth are facing up. That's a bad thing. Um, right. It's really gonna do nothing but go da 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 and probably <laughs> walk off the uh, the tire. So you wanna make sure that the teeth are pointing downward. That's the real right. key.
2: Because you want the teeth to bite into the wood, not basically try and push it away from it because yeah. it's not gonna cut at all. So and That's
0: what's great about the bandsaw that, that helps it uh, avoid kicking back is the fact that it's all downward force. The teeth are facing down and your table is opposing that force. So you can actually push something into the blade and take your hands away from it without this incredible insane risk of of a kickback like you might have at a table saw.
2: Right. Yep. And I have done that even though I didn't mean to do it, but it's like one of those, Oh, I got to get a drink, (laughs) reach over and it's getting sawdusty in my face. (laughs) Right. Uh,
0: Someone asked if I could do a very basic uh, class on marking, measuring and laying out uh, miters, bevels, et cetera. We can certainly do something like that on the show. And I will not see why not.
2: That's that's always a really good good topic to be honest with you. Yeah. I saw one a little bit back in here, somebody asked about what is my favorite hand plane. Um currently it is my number four and a half, which came back from Lee Valley all nice and fixed after Banana Hands got his hands on it and ruined it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember that story. <laughs> Tell us about that again. What'd you do? Uh, uh, yeah,
2: that was an early on thing that I read in some magazine someplace about <laughs> lapping the soles of your hand planes. And yeah. The nice thing about premium planes is you don't have to do that. They took care of it for you. So I got a nicely, strongly worded letter from Robin Lee of Lee Valley telling me never to touch his hand planes again. <laughs> nice. No, that, that's, so, that's so mean, but he was like, oh, we fixed it. Don't do this again. So, that's uh,
1: funny.
2: Yeah. But the four and a half is my, my favorite currently, but I am becoming really partial to number fives, I love number fives because you can set them up for rough work, you can set them up for uh, smooth work. You know, they're they're just I mean, they're the jack. Of the, they're called a jack plane for a reason. They're like a jack of all trades. Yeah, and I'm I'm absolutely falling in love with my number five. I haven't taken it to dinner yet, but we're very close.
0: Does it come into the bedroom at
2: night? Uh, it does sit on the uh, on the on the shelf, and my <laughs> wife is getting very upset about that. <laughs> you fall asleep
0: <laughs> with your arm over it. You know I actually um, on the latest guild project we did the knife block that was one of the uh, I can do that projects in pop working mm-hmm. and I didn't have my uh, power tools all set up yet. I had access to my planer but that was about it so I needed to flatten one side of a, of a uh, eight quarter board and I pulled out the number five and, and I basically shocked and gave several people heart attacks uh, as I pulled out my number five to flatten one of the faces first before planing the uh, the opposite side. So the number five, very wow. nice, very handy.
2: Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? I mean, I was in enough shock as it was when you bought the number seven, let alone actually <laughs> pull it out and use Dude, one I, of those. I <laughs> use
0: these things. You may not see them on the show all the time, but I actually use them. Not often, but I do.
2: <laughs> That's so, awesome. You know though, what? Um,
0: I'm thinking we could probably, if you if you have a few minutes, Matt, we'll stick around and answer a few more questions. But it's probably a good time to close off both of the recordings, so we don't I go um, pretty- we don't go too long. Okay, so let's uh, yeah. go ahead and
2: give a little contact information. Of what, you do that. Once again, as you heard at the beginning, if there's something that you heard today, something you didn't hear, something you want to hear, or maybe you have something that you want to send in and share with everybody a comment, a suggestion, a question, you can get a hold of us two different ways. Drop us a line uh, via email, woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail like none of you did. Um, so, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: like Jeff, you did, call, Jeff
2: did yes Jeff did excuse me Jeff our one good friend uh, but it, uh, it's 623 242 and of course we will have that in the show notes to make it that much easier to get a hold of us and we hope to hear from you one way or the other
0: absolutely so thanks for listening everyone and uh, remember to have your pets spayed or neutered <laughs> I threw you off there didn't I yeah I'm like wait a minute <laughs>
1: that's not what uh, he normally says <laughs> yeah I, I
0: don't have anything oh. Okay, well, until next time, we'll probably reconvene in two weeks. Let's uh, try and get on the schedule, Matt, and we'll talk to you guys later.
2: That's right. See ya.